its toll And in the name of flood control They made their plans and they drained the land Now the glades are going dry And the last time I walked in the swamp I sat up on a cypress stump I listened close and I heard the ghost Of Osceola cry The opinions expressed on Tomahawk Talk do not reflect that of WVFS Tallahassee. From the highest point on Florida State's campus and the hottest room in Seminole sports, this is Tomahawk Talk. I'm your host, Luke Fay, and we are headed for our maiden voyage this semester. It's the first day of school in Tallahassee, and we're locked and loaded, guys. Gary is now in the co-host seat. Gary, how was your first day of classes? It was fine. I had one Spanish class, so it was pretty sweet. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, come come on. You got a little bit more than that. How, how's the year going for you this year? It's going pretty well. I'm expecting it's going to be a bit busy come middle of the weeks, but generally early half and back half of the week are going to be pretty relaxed. Well, uh, well you, got, you got some new things going this semester, don't you, Gary? I do. I'm taking over as the sports editor for the FSVU, Florida State's independent school paper. So we got a lot of things going there. We're gonna, we're really excited about what we're building up, and hopefully we can continue it in throughout the rest of the year. Well, we'll go over to our right end, trying to round out the panel. We've got Brett Rutherford and Austin Reynolds. Brett, let's start with you. You've uh, expressed some concern with some of the the seating arrangements over at uh, the the Laser Lounge, along with some some uh, chairs or what, what was it? What was it again? Yeah, the, the, I've. I've Pretty much since I started here at the station, I just think we need a, 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 revital, a revitalization of the seating, not only here in the studio, but also in the laser lounge. Not really a great spot. You aren't, to, you aren't liking the desks either. Oh, the de yeah, we need, to, we need to get rid of everything. Um, unfortunately, I don't have that much power yet uh, <laughs> to make, you know, make moves like that, um, but that's why I'm just going to keep badgering you with with those complaints oh you know i i was that badger for what four years it's a, it's headed on five years here at the station um Way too long yeah uh you know i in, in the words of tom brady we're still here we're still here and i'm uh i'm very happy that i'm still here and i'm happy that austin reynolds has joined us we've been talking about austin all summer really I, he didn't. He didn't really know it, but this was he the guy that we wanted. News to me. Yeah, we we wanted we wanted this guy back on the show, 
And uh, how, how was your summer? It's been a long summer. It was indeed a long summer. I was pr pretty much like every day I was wanting to get back on here. So I'm happy that y'all were thinking of me as well. What was your what was your favorite sporting moment from the summer? Ah, that is rough. There's um, a right answer. Is there a right answer? Yeah. Before I go uh, on, what, no, what go would you say? No, go for it. Okay. For it. Um, as a Golden State hater, I would say game six of the finals. <laughs> oh, that was nice. It, it, the truth was like the the right answer was uh, the Women's World Cup final, but okay. that's, that's fair too. Get another shot. Well, well, I was going to ask Brett, Gary, Gary, what was your favorite moment from the sports uh, over the summer? I, I personally got to say, you know, Mike Martin being a part of, of that whole thing over at LSU and just seeing uh, seeing that run happen for Florida State. The college world or college baseball World Series was up there, but for me personally, I really enjoyed Brooks Kepka winning at PGA. I just I love golf and I love to see when. A Florida State guy succeeds in it because we don't get too many now that Berger has lost his card. Uh, true. And we've had he didn't get it back at Corn Ferry, did he? Uh, I haven't checked yet, but at last that I heard, he does not have his card okay. for the next season. But it was just amazing to see Brooks continue his dominance. And today, he was named the PGA Player of the Year for the second year in a row. Over Rory McIlroy. Over Rory, who just won the Tour Championship yesterday. Rory grossed $19 million this year. That was pretty nice. And fifteen, and just 15 mil yesterday. Or No, it was it was 24. I think it was 24. That would make him... Well, Even he, higher? That was about to say, probably higher because he won the okay. Players and the Tour Championship. I think championship, it was 24. Probably well, some, the two, two of the highest. We'll have them check on that. But let's, yeah. get, in, let's get into our top story, which everyone... It, some some people in Tallahassee might think it's James Black being named the starting quarterback for Florida State, and every other Monday it would be that. But this Monday, because of what transpired during the Miami Florida game, it almost felt like um, a news dump. If you could, yeah. because all all the world was distracted, and then you see pop up on the ticker Andrew Luck retiring from the NFL at 29 years of age. It's I, I think he made 97 million dollars in his NFL career and left. Just over fifty million on his contract. The Colts could have recouped just under twenty-five million from the signing bonus. They chose not to, keeping his good graces. But this is a huge, huge moment for the NFL, where you see Peyton Manning retire before Tom Brady, Andrew Luck retire before Tom Brady. Tom Brady has outlasted all of these players, and now Andrew Luck retiring at a very, very young age, given all the injuries that he's gone through. If you look around the NFL, Calvin Johnson retired early. Um, Gronkowski retired early. It's becoming a little bit of a, a trend for the younger players to, if they made their money, and Andrew Luck did not get his championships, but Gronk did get his championships. I, I it, It's very surprising to me to see this happen, but it wasn't shocking. And you hate to see it with such a, a, a quarterback that people thought was the next Peyton Manning. And you look at his stats. I mean, his stats last year, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He completed 67% of his passes for 39 touchdowns, had 4,500 yards passing, went 10-6, and six, took the team to the, the wall card, ended up winning they a wild card game, card game yeah. against lost the Texans. The the and then, uh, yeah, they lost to the Texans. This was a great quarterback. And how, how does this change the NFL, Gary? It just leaves another hole. It continues the QB carousel. The wheel keeps moving. We get Chad Swag Kelly back as a oh backup now in Indianapolis. Brist, uh, Jacoby Brissett is now the starter. So, I mean, it just continues that rotation of these guys who get these chances at other places and just keep rotating. So it just kind of breeds mediocrity, honestly. Brett, before your take on Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett started an entire season with the Colts. 
not go very well. And <laughs> it did not go very well. I can I can give you your, uh, some notes on that. We'll, we'll pass this over. But it w- it's not unfamiliar territory for him and not really the worst situation that the Colts could fall into. He's arguably one of the top backup quarterbacks in the league. But some of the Colts fans ended up booing Andrew Luck when he left off the field. What 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 are your thoughts? I think... When when something like that happens, it's 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 a bad move by the fans. But I I do believe that it was a very very small portion of not only that crowd in Lucas Oil Stadium, but a very small portion of the Colts fan base. And I know there was a bunch of other you know members of the media that were criticizing Andrew Luck's decision to retire. But I do think, and the vast majority of people, and I don't know what your guys' thoughts are, thought, okay, yeah, like you said, it wasn't a big shocker. Twenty nine years old. He's getting hit a lot. He's dealt with a lot of injuries. It it wasn't, it it was a shocker, but it wasn't shocking. It was a shocker because he was the first. Yes, like the first. I know you know Calvin Johnson did it, and Gronkowski. We kind of you know assumed that he Barry was Sanders was close. was one of the first yeah. to to do it at but, a young age for, for at thirty one. Quarterback, you know, a lot yes. of quarterbacks we've seen, you know, quarterbacks at that level play into their late thirties. You know, Andrew Luck hasn't even turned thirty yet. And the money making aspect, he hasn't even touched what what can possibly be a thirty five million dollar yeah. quarterback. No, so you know the fans booing him. That's that's just a ba- a bad move. It's a bad look on the Colts franchise. But I do want to give the Colts and, and their fans the benefit of the doubt. I think it was a really, really small piece of the pie when it comes to Colts fans. But, Brett, and if you were in that situation, if you were in Lucas Oil Stadium and someone just turned to you and said, hey, Andrew Luck just retired, Schefter just tweeted it out, wh- how, wouldn't you be pissed too? I, I would be upset at the situation. I, I, I would never boo uh, one of, like a, a player that, uh, that plays for a team I support. I, it for me is I can't really say, I can't really say I wouldn't have been one of the guys that booed just given the circumstance of Andrew Luck had laid everything out on the line but I understand the frustration given that he he has not played in the certain amount of times and yeah. he doesn't give any updates on everything so people thought all right I I renewed my season tickets to watch the Colts play and I didn't renew it for Jacoby Brissett I renewed it for Andrew Luck yeah I I don't like that excuse at all you're you're not you're not you're not getting a season ticket you're not going to the games to to watch a specific player if you're you know a fan of that team you're going to watch that team support some them. people go to games I don't to know watch I don't know players. like the, no, that's remember not, a couple of years ago we fault. had the thing where LeBron James like people would buy tickets I remember it was like the Memphis Grizzlies a couple of years back People bought tickets to see the Cavs play the Grizzlies just to see LeBron James, and they were so angry when LeBron James was not there, not that's, in the starting and line. put on rest. That's a whole different story. If you're talking about, like, yeah, I, I would be upset if I was a Colts fan. Not upset at Andrew Luck personally, just that upset at how this situation and where it's leave, where it's going to leave them going into the season. Because Jacoby Brissett, I, everyone can have their own opinions on him. He's not good enough to play at the NFL to start at the NFL level. I don't know about that, but Austin, where are the Colts right now in the grand scheme of things? Given that Andrew Luck was a shock, but they started to put together a very solid team that was going to compete with the Jaguars, the Texans, um, and the Titans, and now maybe are are falling down for a Justin Herbert. They did. They did. Yes, for the first time in Andrew Luck's career, he had a, a. decent offensive line they had got some players on defense ty hilton has been there for a while just impeccable player so i i've, I've been saying this to myself for the past couple of days the loss of andrew luck takes them from an 11 and 5 team to a 5 and 11 team that's no disrespect to jacoby Brissett. it's just more of a testament to how great andrew luck was how much of a talent he was so you you mentioned the sacks and that's what really is killed andrew luck's right. career he's 
if you look mm. at the videos, he's one of the toughest guys out there. Mm. I mean, yeah. he uh, I, I think he had a lacerated kidney, lacerated kidney and yes. impeded blood. He's urinating yeah. blood. I mean, are are you kidding me? Just there there are so many other injuries that he was playing through and and, and sustained and you go and look back at the teams that he had in tw- in his rookie season he was sacked 41 times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then in 2016 he was sacked 41 times again and he he was sacked over over 30 times with in between that frame. You look at last year and that was a little bit of the difference is last year he was only sacked 18 well, times. We got a future Hall of Famer on that line now in and well, yes, here, for sure. and that goes back to what Brett just said kind of there. Between or was it from 20, uh, 12 to twenty fifteen? Grigson drafted just three O linemen before the seventh round. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you can't do that. You just put yourself in an awful position. And coming from the Dolphins' perspective that I have, we've seen Ryan Tannehill get just hit after hit after hit after hit. He just got torn up, and that's why he just couldn't develop, and because he had no time in the pocket and he had no confidence almost. And if you're that great of a player in Andrew Luck, you think that. And he's not a mobile, n- not no. a mobile quarterback no. where he can get out of the pocket very easily. Um, I, one of the most mobile quarterbacks out there is actually Aaron Rodgers for getting out of the pocket yeah. and, and creating plays. That's not exactly Andrew Luck's game. So if you don't have that offensive line, and we look at their first round draft picks, they took Philip Dorsett in 2015, bust, mm-hmm. UM. Mm-hmm. Ryan Kelly, who was a center with Alabama, he hasn't. I don't know if he's lived up to the expectation he's with the there. Team. I don't know if he's starting. I think he probably probably still is starting. And then they go defensive and go with Malik Hooker out of Ohio State, which is you know a fine pickup. But finally, they go and address with Quentin Nelson, and all of a sudden, it's good for Andrew. The most talented but player in that draft last year. He's still he's still getting hurt, and and that's the frustrating thing is to see. And I want I want to ask you guys this: Is he is he the biggest waste of talent in the NFL whose career didn't end up panning out the way that we thought? Ever. Ever. Yeah, Ever. Bo Jackson. It's got to be Bo Jackson. I mean, Andrew Luck would be close, but are you saying from guys that we've seen at a high, play at a high level in the NFL, and not just guys that well, the expe- came in with? I would high say they had like, high expectations. Like a Ryan Leaf. I mean, like Ryan Leaf <laughs> could be up there with high expectations. Well, I'm saying high expectations, and they never really lived up because he was a good quarterback, I mean, but I, he just didn't have the chance. He lived up to a lot of the expectations. I mean, through 86 games, I think he was the third. He was third on touchdowns. Through 86 games in an NFL career, I think it's Dan Marino and maybe like a Drew Brees or, or Brett Favre in front of him, but still, that's like impressive. And I, I don't know if the Hall of Fame's in his future solely because of this no. retiring yes. early. And I agree. It's I can't think of another guy really at the moment. Uh, Austin is is he the guy that you look at and go, what if? Yes, I think. <laughs> First, I want to say, like, the, pe- the people directing their hate at Andrew-, at Andrew Luck are so misguided. If you're going to put your hate anywhere, then put it on Ryan Griggs and, and Jim Irsay. Thank you. But, <laughs> yes. But, um, actually, w- w- what did you? Yeah. So, I-, I-, I was saying that with Andrew Luck, is he is he the biggest what if? What could have been? The biggest what if since I started watching football. Because I-, I don't want to speak on past generations that I'm not too familiar with. Yep. But, like, recency bias aside, I can say that. He's the biggest what if. For I me. can I I could throw out an argument that he is the Derrick Rose of the NFL. That's completely fair. It's a comparison yeah. I've never heard before, probably yeah. because I've never had to hear it before. But no, <laughs> I like that a lot. Think of think of the level that Derrick Rose played at MVP type yeah. level, mm-hmm. and Andrew Luck won Comeback Player of the Year last yeah. year. So it, it's not it's not far to throw that out there. But the thing is, Derrick Rose kept on chugging along, and not to say that Andrew Luck isn't tough. I I think that the people who went on Twitter and said he wasn't tough are extremely misguided is what Austin said. 
but the frustration is there. And so, Gary, where – and I, I asked Austin this, but really where do the Colts go from here with Jacoby Brissett? Are they, are they going to tank for a quarterback? I was leaning towards more of the tank for the quarterback. They go back to their old suck for luck format, but instead maybe it's suck for Lawrence this time. Tank for Tua. Tank for – well, t- I think Tua is too far out of the question because I still think they have a good core team right now. It's just Brissett's the quarterback. And do you really think that he can't lead the team past eight wins? That's eight maybe. would be the, the, the ceiling, I think. Yeah, it's... I want to. Yeah, it would be interesting to see what their uh, total over under is for the season has moved to. I is know that... that it was somewhere around nine and a half would... at one point, mm-hmm. and I want to say I saw something about five and a half. Five and a half. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I would take the over on that one. Five and a... I think Brissett can get easily six wins for this team, but I don't know if they can. I don't know if they'll be making the playoffs this year. I think the Jags have a better chance with Nick Foles as a quarterback. Absolutely. So and I, their lack of wide receivers. <laughs> Brett, I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw some stats out to you. Fifteen starts, fifty eight point eight percent completion, thirteen touchdowns, seven interceptions. Colts went four and twelve. How many and how many times was Jacoby Brissett sacked in that season? Fifty two times. Mm. Jacoby Brissett was, was sacked. That was that was his his in fifteen starts, that that was the total uh, or th- those were his numbers. Yeah. The team has gotten better, but what does that mean for Jacoby Brissett? Should he be scared to go be, go behind? Um, no, I, th- I think it's, he's playing behind a much different offensive line. They've, they've put in some work to try to revitalize that O-line. But I've already said, I mean, he's, he's not good enough to be an NFL starter. And I still stand by that. I don't think they're going to go 4-12. I'm thinking probably 6-10, and 7-9. And it won't be good enough to make the playoffs, but they'll compete because their roster is so talented, even outside of Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck made them a playoff team, though. Awesome. Final thoughts before we move on? Um, really, everything that I wanted to hit on has been touched on so far, but I, I just can't shake the uh, the video of the fans booing Andrew Luck from my mind. That was like, tough. It was, it, it was hard to there watch. was there yeah. was one angle that focused on him, and he he mouthed like "come on" or something like that. And he was obviously very emotional emotional in his post-game interview. So, like, the fact that he was subject to that amount of, like I said, misguided blame is just beyond me. Yeah. Fans are the, awful I sometimes. I can still see the frustration from their point of view. Like, it's in the moment. It's you. They probably sat back once they realized what they did, and they're like, wow, that was mm-hmm. really mean of us. Yeah. But, like, it was, a gut, it was a gut reaction. Yeah, and the gut reaction is, like, I can see where they're coming from. All right, guys, well, we'll move on to what is the biggest news in Tallahassee. So that was the biggest national news. The biggest news in Tallahassee was James Blackman was named the starter of Florida State University. He will get behind the center, as uh, the uh, social media team says for Florida State. Not exactly the right terminology. (laughs) But James Blackman was the starter that people thought was going to be named. Um, the, The sources that I heard from said that, it was very surprising, but Hornybrook was actually pushing James Blackman. And the big thing for me was, was Hornybrook really pushing James Blackman? Or was James Blackman just not good enough to break away from Hornybrook? And that answer was somewhat, I, I guess it was somewhat answered when um, I, I saw on Twitter that Kurt Weiler t- uh, tweeted out that, that Coach Taggart said at his press conference that it wasn't because Blackman was playing bad, but it was because Hornybrook was playing so well. So... It, what what are you gonna say, Gary? What what are you gonna say in in that in that instance and be like, nah, my you know the starting quarterback he was just playing horrible and we just couldn't p- pick between. Yeah, you can't just say that. That's just ridiculous, and no coach would ever throw any player like that under the bus. But I do think 
that Hornybrook was probably pushing blackmail. I, I kind of believe that statement. I know I, there's I know there's that kind of like put the show on for the media kind of aspect that you can get, but I think Hornybrook is a kind of quarterback where he can push the people behind him, and I think that's kind of his role that he maybe it, accept. It was good, and he did not get voted uh, a leader given he was just in there with the program mm-hmm. recently, but. He has taken that role, in, in my opinion, just from the things I've heard, the tape that he's watched, the extra time that he's put in. Not to say that Blackman has it, but Hornybrook had a lot to catch up with. And that's what Taggart cited was that Alex had a bunch to catch up with. And you look over at Blackman, Blackman was already in that type of system. I know that Kendall Bryles came out and he, he ended up overhauling the system from Walt Bell. But you look at it, James Blackman just... He's not. I don't think he's ever going to be a Jameis type player. I don't think anyone ever expects him to be mm-hmm. a Jameis type player. But when I went to practice, Alex Hornibrook did what you thought he was going to do. He was great on the short passes, intermediate pack, uh, passes. Okay. Once you got to 15 yards plus, a little bit over uh, underthrown on quite a few balls. And you look over at James Blackman. It was the same story as last year that he just couldn't. He couldn't hit a target very well. He has the great arm strength. But that's been his big thing that's held him back. And so, Brett, I, I go and look over to you and say, did Blackman really win this, or did they have to make this decision? I, I wanted to uh, – they, they had to make this decision. Hornybrook might be a more talented quarterback than James Blackman. I don't think In the any, short term. I don't think any of them are very good. I've already said that. Yep. But with Blackman, you know, being a leader in that locker room, you know, last season when he was the backup – you know, for, for a while, we thought he might leave the program. I know he entered the transfer yes. portal. I was never really convinced. But last time that he was under center, Cam Akers had a really, really great season. That running back broke the freshman running record. I think that's going to be uh, amazing for Cam to have uh, Blackman back under center. And I think you, you've got to stick with someone that, that, you, that you're more comfortable with. You've seen in action play for your team. And, you know, Blackman, even when he stepped in last year, you know, coming in, he started the NC State game. He played some garbage time in Clemson, and he, and he played pretty well. And I well, think in, in those three games, he went 33 of 51, yeah. 510 yards, 64% um, completion percentage, which is, you know, pretty five good. Five touchdowns and one interception. And if you go in and say, man, was that a Washington State game? <laughs> if he threw all those passes in that, you go, wow, that was, a, that was a hell of a game. But it was in garbage time, and yeah. Austin, we go and look at the stats. Small sample size. We, we go and look at the stats from his freshman year, which, you know, he, he was a true freshman. Yeah. And 12 games, it, 12 games, just over 2,000 yards passing, 19 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions with 58% being completed uh, on passes. Is, is, there, is there a way for him to improve? Do you think that he's going to be the same person? I don't think he's going to be the same person he was in 2017 because – especially for the first few games after Francois got injured. He was like kind of thrust into the system, thrown into the fire, if you will. So there was definitely some adjustment needed to be made there. But be it as it may that his stats from last year were in garbage time, they they seem encouraging enough to to tell me that he's made some stride in his game. I I don't think he's going to put up like ridiculous numbers. Like he's, he's not on pace to replicate what he did last season, but something in line with what he, what he did in 2017, maybe a little better touchdown to interception ratio. What what would be a successful game against Boise State? Against Boise State, um, let's keep let's keep it reasonable. Yeah, I'd say 220 passing, two touchdowns and a pick. I I agree with that, Gary. That's pretty spot on. Last year when we saw James back Blackman start against NC State, 
I saw significant growth from him because from that first year where he kind of struggled, he got thrown into the fire and he kind of just had to deal with it. He was able last year, he was able to sit back, watch it all from a, from a distance. And when he got his chance in that NC state game, he showed up, he threw for over 400 yards. Like we hadn't, he just, they got beat by 19 points. Yeah, no, the linebackers couldn't. Yeah, that's the defense. So the bad. defense didn't show up. Granted, that game, but the fact is, he threw for four touchdowns, over four hundred yards, and only threw one pick. Can you not? Is that a bad game? No, but I, I'm I'm just going. We're not I'm going from we're the devil's advocate. We're talking, yes, about, we're talking about the quarter. We're talking about the quarterback position, and James Blackman showed up that game. He did all that he could to win that game, and so I think he's going to step up, and I think he's going to play better this year. I think he's going to. He's not going to throw for 400 yards every game. That's just not possible. But I think he's going to take that significant step forward that uh, let's kind of block out that game last year. He's going to have that significant step forward this year. And I think he's going to throw for about, I'd say, 300 uh, 300 is too much. I'd say about 275 yards, round that number, two (laughs) touchdowns, no picks. There it is. We don't have have to get so specific here. (laughs) I'm getting specific. Oh, boy. Well, Well, Brett. Success for James Blackman has been leveled off, but do you think that his teammates believe that he's he he can ball out? Oh, one hundred percent. Last year when he was the backup, he this was his team. It wasn't mm-hmm. DeAndre Francois's team. It was James Blackman's team. He was the only one a part of that program that was still you know supporting his teammate through all twelve of those mostly horrendous football games. And this year, not only does he get to be the leader in the locker room. He gets to be the leader on the field, and I think that's going to be huge for his confidence. Now, again, I, I'm not I'm not expecting him to be a, an above-average college quarterback. I'm expecting him to be average at best, but that might be all Florida State needs to have the, t- the level of success that they want this season. Protect the football, get it to Akers, get it to Terry, win some games. Gary, I'm going to steal a little bit of your segment here. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to twist it up here. Mm-hmm. Over, under... Three and a half games. Alex Hornibrook starts this year. Under. Uh, That's an easy. As much easy, as yeah, yeah, as much as I'd like to see Hornibrook start, I think he's got some talent. I think he's got potential. I just think Blackman is the right guy, and I think if you put Hornibrook in there, the team kind of revolts. Would Would Taggart? Do you think would Would Taggart make a switch in the Boise State game? If things got bad, I would hope so. But it would only be I to protect his own job, I think. Mm-hmm. I, like, it'd be one of those, well, I've got to do something or I'm not going to be here in Tallahassee much longer. Exactly. And I have one stat for the Hornibrook v. Blackman situation. Against the University of Miami, Alex Hornibrook, 2-0. Okay. Pretty compelling Blackman, stats, yeah. 0-1. Okay. I'm, We're gonna, the numbers, are, the numbers speak for themselves. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean... <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on. Let's let's not get out of Numbers hand here. Numbers never lie. Uh, but lo- looking ahead to Boise State, we're about to get to the break here. But this is this is a, a pretty tough matchup for Florida State just coming off of what, what the Boise State brand has been the last 15 years. Everyone knows them as the, the Cinderella story of college football. That has kind of been taken over by UCF. You know, rah, rah, let's go. Uh, for, <laughs> for better or for, for worse. Yeah, for better, for better or for worse. But – let, let's not let's not be wrong with this. Boise State is not going to be any slouch to get uh, playing against Florida State and Jacksonville. What do they have to lose? Absolutely nothing. Everything is on the side of Florida State. If if Taggart doesn't win today, where 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 is it? Where like where is it for for Florida State? Uh, we we talked about it the other week the panic button. 
is going to... I think the panic button might be in Jacksonville when we're there, when we're all there for that game. And if that if they lose that game, I think everyone's hand gets a little bit closer to that panic button. Oh, it's the panic sure. button is going to be pressed. And maybe you think I'm it'll getting, be pressed completely? Maybe I'm getting a little bit Half ahead. Pressed? Maybe we're not at predictions yet, but, but Florida State isn't going to win this game in, in Jacksonville this weekend. Really? They, they're just they're not a good football team. And I, like, and it, it, it the, pains me to say it. I, I agree with that. Just looking looking at their depth and you go, wow, they got so many athletes out there. And their defense is going to be good. I, I do agree Maybe. with that. Their defense is going to be pretty darn good. Uh, the, the, the players that they've got in, in the secondary, the linebacker core has gotten a little bit better. Um, but the offense, you look at the wide receivers, man. Golly, Keith Gavin's in his senior year, and you're hoping he's going to do something. He hasn't done anything since he returned the kickoff all the way uh, 70 yards against uh, Michigan. Yeah. So where 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 is the talent? The talent is with the running backs, and that's who it's going to be with. But can the offensive line produce anything in any type of mold? That's something that I've been following like for, for the majority of the end of last season heading into this offseason is the focus on the offensive line because – uh, Willie Taggart made it a point that he wanted to keep the consistency from the end of last year. Um, I mentioned this to Gary a while back. Keep the keep the consistency on the offensive line rather than throw new guys into the fire. So I feel like if he sticks to that, then they have a great shot of having a decent running game, keeping Blackman on his feet. But, I mean, it's it's definitely an area of concern. Well, well, we'll get into the rest of it on the other side of the break, give more of a preview of Boise State versus Florida State. You're listening to Tomahawk Talk, live on V89.7 WVFS, Tallahassee, the voice of Florida State.
And we're back. You're listening to Tomahawk Talk on WVFS Tallahassee, the voice of Florida State. On the other side of the break, we were talking about Boise State and Florida State. A little bit of preview action here. And joining us in the studio coming from Cattle Call is Olivia Rhodes. How, how was Cattle Call? It was bomb. There were a ton of people there, a lot of new faces, some familiar faces. I gave them the sports spiel, and hopefully we'll have some new friends join us next week. Olivia, for the new people over like listening what 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 is your position going to be here at the station i am now under the title of chief anchor so what i'll be doing is managing the shifts and making sure that everyone understands how a shift works how to report on sports writing um just keeping everything in line and keeping you boys in check oh well that's good (laughs) We're, we're we're glad to have you on so uh very very excited to see the uh department moving and um you know, it's 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 a new age here at the station, but let's let's get into Boise State and Florida State. The the big thing, Gary, here that I, I want to go over is Boise State's offense was ransacked last year with people leaving, and they lost Brett Ripien, uh, and now now they're going to start a true freshman quarterback behind center against Florida State. It's going to be interesting to say the least. They return all their O line, so that's a big plus for them, but. They don't return a quarterback, running back, and three wide receivers. So it's going to be all come down to how well that O line can give their quarterback uh, Hank uh, Bachmeyer. Was it Bachmeyer? Bachmeyer. 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 That's it. Bachmeyer. How much time they can give him in the pocket, and how much of the time they can let him see what's going on, not and help him slow the game down. Brett, he's one of the highest-rated quarterbacks, to probably one of the highest-rated players to ever go to Boise State, yeah. and the number six pocket passer in the 2019 class, walking into a Boise State team where he, he walked in over Georgia, Washington State, um, Tennessee, just to name a few programs, to go to Boise State. Should Florida State fans be worried? Oh, 100%. And the fact that, that he was named the starting quarterback despite Boise State having some other capable players on their roster, makes me think that they really believe in this kid. They think that he's got the goods, and coming in, he's going to be their guy from day one. They're not going to use a red shirt on him. They're throwing him into the fire against Florida State in Jacksonville on Saturday night. And when he was named starting quarterback, starting to look into you know his huddle film from high school, I, I'm a little nervous if I, if I do say so myself. Awesome. What does it mean for Florida State going up from really let's let's just say that James Blackman is it's his first season as the full time starter. Yeah, he started almost an entire season his freshman year. But does his experience give Florida State a little bit of an edge compared to the redshirt freshman that Florida State doesn't have any tape other than high school high school football? For sure, yeah. Because sure FSU doesn't have a ton of tape on uh the new quarterback for Boise State, but Blackman has been with Florida State for two years now, going into his third, and I, I know that there's a reason this guy uh, has been given the starting job at Boise State, Bachmeyer, but for a true freshman quarterback starting his first game for a school, primetime, Saturday night, be it as it may that FSU's defense isn't that great, the whole team is, <laughs> is, isn't that great, I, I think it's going to be more of a test for him than, say, another Mountain West team would be, and that's why I give Florida State the edge here. Okay, well, let's look at Boise State. And Boise State, what they lost was Brett Ripien, who was I, – I we can go and look, but he was the Mountain West best best player. All-time uh, leading passer to be exact with mm-hmm. 13,578 yards. Yeah, that's, 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 that's 
I, I don't have any words for that. <laughs> it's a lot. He completed 301 passes, uh, 67% completion percentage, and 30 TDs, just seven interceptions. Boise State is not going to mimic that. Let's mm-hmm. let's be honest. That's not going to happen. I don't know. I don't know where they can go given that they lost those skill position players. But that unknown is somewhat good for them because Florida State, it's kind of known what you have, and it's not necessarily good. Keith Gavin's starting over, over uh, I think it's Ontario Wilson, and that's something that's worrisome to me because Keith Gavin hasn't been able to live up to the expectation that he was when he came in from Wakulla, Felipe Frank's ex-teammate. So, Gary, I- I'm going to ask you this, plain and simple. Is, is Florida State going to lose the game? No. Florida State isn't going to lose this game. Brett may think otherwise. Florida State is not going to lose this game. I think just the, I, you mentioned it earlier, the pure athleticism that Florida State has, I think that can end up winning this ball game. And I know Boise State, they always play the underdog role in every single game, it feels like. But Boise State's been on the rise for the past decade or so. So they're not really the little brother everyone thinks anymore. They're kind of the middle child now but they're not forgotten. And I think Florida State won't forget about them, and I think they're going to end up putting them to sleep. Bachmeyer is the first true freshman to start for Boise State. Now, you Mm -hmm. mentioned that Kellen Moore started as a redshirt freshman, freshman. so that doesn't exactly count. But the experience with Boise State on the coordinator side is is diminished as well, Gary. Yeah, as their defensive coordinator, Andy Avalos, left for Oregon, they're going to be – their defense is one of them has I think nine starters with nine with nine stars with at least nine starts under their belts, so they have that experience. But it's going to be a matter of how this new defensive coordinator is going to come in and change them up if he even is. I was I believe they ran a was it a four three? So I don't know. I got to check in more into what their what schemes they could be running, but it probably won't be that much to change. So Austin, who is the player to watch for Florida State on offense or defense? I would say Cam Akers. Like, Blackman is the obvious answer, so I'm not going to go that route. But Cam Akers, for me, he had a very successful year two years ago. Um, Last year, he had one game over 100 yards. Yeah, that's that's rough. So I'm looking for him to bounce back big time this season, especially behind the offensive line that Coach Taggart is putting so much faith in. So if he can have a, a convincing game against Boise State, then I think that'll fare well for the rest of the season. Brett, who's your player to look out for? Akeem Dent, true freshman I think he's going to be one of the most impactful DBs on all of Florida State's roster. He's hard-hitting. He's a playmaker. He gets things done, and I, I'm really excited to see him He play. looked good. He looked good in the spring he game. but amazing it, in the spring game. It, it, it could be situational, though. They have him listed second or third on I the depth chart. I don't think that'll last long. I think he's going to get into the game on Saturday at some point and make a big play, and he'll be starting next Saturday at home against Louisiana Monroe. Okay, okay. Olivia, who is your guy for Florida State to look out for? I've got another true freshman here, and that's Dante Lucas. I'm really excited to see what he's going to be doing uh, because he was back and forth a little bit. And it's <laughs> like, like you said, Dante Lucas, he's the first guard to start uh, as a freshman, as a true freshman, since Zebri Sanders, mm. who was, well, he was a left tackle, and David Spurlock was the right guard in 2008. So that team had two freshman starters on the O-line. That's going way back against uh, West Carolina. That's 2008. I don't know what you guys were doing back then, but that just shows how desperate Florida State is on the offensive line side. Right, and I think Tiger is wanting to look for someone fresh because he was going with Mike Arnold, who started 12 games last year. Mm. So he 
chose Dante Lucas over him. It, it just goes to show that Florida State, they they see something in him, but they may see something in Arnold that they don't want. They don't want out there on the That's field. Fair. It's it's fine to have depth, but there's such thing as bad depth. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I there's l- new faith in this team. No, I, I think Lucas getting the nod to start is great for Lucas, and it shows how much prom you know how much promise he has as a player. I still think it's a very very bad sign about where Florida State's offensive line is. Their best hope is that they just clean up some of the pre-snap penalties with Randy Clements as the new coach, but there's still just not a whole lot of great football players on that line. Gary, who's your guy? My dude is Bavion Johnson. <laughs> I oh, think. No. Center. I heard I heard he was injured though, I, Gary. I've heard some rumblings about that possibly, but from the depth charts that I've seen, he is listed as the number one right now. So I'm going to stick with him. He had time to stick behind Everly for two years, and now he's finally coming up into the light. It is a bit concerning that he can hadn't do, been able to start over Everly the past hey, two seasons. I was about to say, can you do any worse than Everly? I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. But I, he's got such a high ceiling, in my opinion, that he needs he needs this. And the O-line needs this. And he's going to be the captain of this O-line, pretty much, other than Blackman, of course. And he's going to need to lead this team, lead I've, this line. I've got I've got two guys here. And I thought we were doing only one. Well, I've got two. Now that uh, I, 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 I'll, I'll step out. And I already threw a little bit of shade at Keith Gavin. And if you, if you look back at it, he should not have even played his freshman year. He was injured. They kind of threw him in. He was a game changer in the Michigan game. I guess you can take that with a grain of salt, but he's been in the kickoff kickoff game for the last three years, and just it, he's been banged up. And he's a big physical receiver. The problem is he's had a lot of drops, and to see him starting for his senior year is somewhat surprising to me, given everything that's transpired at Florida State for him. And this is a make make or break moment for Keith Gavin these next three games because. They're going to go to someone younger if Keith Gavin can't get it done. And there has been some guys out there. Uh, is it who is it? True Thompson or looking looking under uh, the wide receivers, the backup wide receiver, Jordan Young. No, I'm, Jordan, I'm looking over uh, with uh, Warren Thompson, Demarcus Warren Thompson. Adams. So that that's one of those guys that's been making noise over in camp. And you got to look at Keith Gavin and say, if you aren't making plays, you aren't going to make it very far in this league. Or well, I shouldn't even say league. You sh- the ACC, mm-hmm. and he's not going to make it to the league. This is this is the season that's going to make him money or lose him some money. And the next guy is Kalen Labor, and Kalen, he hurt it. He hurt his knee in the second game of the season. Looked amazing against Virginia Tech in that breakaway uh, run. He's got the cuts. He's got everything. Do you see a hole and run through? Oh, okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, we can't. Yeah, you can't do that. Talk to Ari about that one. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, yeah. We don't we don't want to get too much into that. But Kalen looked good against Virginia Tech, and Cam Akers looked bad last season, really bad, really, really, really bad. And if you look at Labor and how he's come back with his knee, he hurdled the dude in practice. It seems like he's got it back physically. It's all between the head, and that guy is the guy that Florida State players are underestimating. They're under, underestimating him. I'm going to throw it out there. I think that he will start by week five over Cam Akers. I don't think that Cam Akers has that type of uh, drive. Kalen has a chip on his shoulder after being Mm -hmm. redshirted, and then everyone's saying Cam Akers is a guy, Cam Akers is a guy. And what did Cam Akers do last year? Nothing. But how much could you have attested that was to the L-line? 
At some point, you can't just run... gave up, though, on that season. And that, and that was pretty evident. I know his numbers were, were bad. Yeah. They didn't have to be that bad. I still think he's the more talented running back, but it would not shock me if, if Labor outworks him and outperforms him halfway through this season. I got an idea. We saw a little bit, and by a little bit, I mean one play last year, Wildcat. If Blackman, Hornybrook, and Travis end up not panning out, do we just go to the wild? Do they just go to the Wildcat? Yeah, well, they could go to the Wildcat the with with Travis Day- Jay, who won a, a yeah, state championship at Madison County. 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 Okay. They said that the they Cowboys. were giving him a little bit of a look there. He's also a dual sport athlete, pretty good at basketball as well. That could be a wrinkle that's been put in because you've heard what Travis Jay has done on the defensive side as a true freshman. He's been making some noise. I think Taggart said that they weren't going to redshirt him. That could be something that could be surprising. Will Will Taggart pull out the tricks in the first quarter? Um, no, I don't think early on. I definitely think we'll see, we'll see whether it be Wild Cam or maybe Travis Jay gets involved, um, but not not early on. I think you want to give Blackman Blackman that that you know that vote of confidence. Like we're going to stick with you. You know, maybe late in the game, try to mix things up. Third quarter, need a big play. You bring out Wild Cam or you bring out Travis Jay to mix it up. But no, I, I don't think we're going to see it early on in that game on Saturday. I heard there was a vacancy in the triple option team in the eight for the ACC this oh, year. Oh, yeah. So. Florida State, Florida State, bring it out. Oh, that would be interesting. Hey, that, be interesting for sure. That'll be that'll be eight wins. They're athletes. At, at what cost? Well, at what cost? I say eight wins is better than what happened last year. Eight wins will keep your house. Exactly. Eight wins will keep your house. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, it's just simple math. I'm not an English, I'm an English major, so, I mean, it just makes sense to me. <laughs> Okay, well, let's let's go and go with our predictions and, and move on here. But, Austin, let's get a prediction, score, and player of the game. Score and player of the game. Score, I would go 27-23 FSU, player of the game. I'll give it to Blackman. First game in the starting job. Okay, Brett? 28-24 Broncos with the true freshman quarterback, Bachmeyer, as the player of the game. Olivia? Mm, let's rock with 20-24 Florida State. I want to have faith in that. I want to have faith in these new true freshmen, so I'm going to rock with Dante Lucas. Okay, Gary, let's get that big prediction rolling. If you guys don't know, I did get a prediction correct uh, a couple years ago. Clemson, Florida State, mm-hmm. I got it I got it exactly right. So the, 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 the pressure's on you guys. I guarantee you no one else is going to say the exact number that I'm going to say. 30-22. Who? Player of the game? Who? 22 was out there. Florida State. Florida State. Player of the game. Who's your player, player of the game? game? My heart says Alex Hornibrook, but my head says James Blackman. You think it gets that bad that we see him? Is there some uh, other part of your body? Like, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> guys, guys, come on. Come on, let's not get out. Let's not get out of hand. We, we are wishing for that. Well, some people might be wishing for that to happen. I'm going to throw it towards Florida State, and it's going to be an ugly game. Uh, there were a lot of penalties in that Florida game. We're going to touch on that Florida game maybe for three minutes here before before we move on. But that was an, that was an ugly game with all those penalties. Florida State's offensive line, I'm going to throw it out there, it's going to get four penalties. Their offensive line is going to be terrible. How early are those four penalties going to oh, come? Easy, given, given the way the, the offense is run and the pace of play, it's mm-hmm. going to be more of getting up to the line and you know not getting the right do, slap. Do you think that we're going to have the kind of VT situation we had last year where players no, are no, they're gonna line up in faking this... injuries? Not saying they're oh, faking okay, injuries, okay. but I'm saying they could have been. I, 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 no, 
I don't think we'll see that. I The problem was Florida State lining up on the wrong side of the ball yeah. during offense. They're going to get over that. Florida mm. State will win an ugly, ugly game, 20 to 20 to 14. It's Ooh. it's not, you know, hit that the covers. under. That covers. I, I'm going to say hit the under. Florida State isn't going to do much, and, and it kind of stinks for me to say that. We're, we're going over and covering the game, Gary. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to expect, but I'm not expecting greatness. That's that's all I can say. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. It's fair enough, but I, I think I like my 30 to 22 number. <laughs> okay. And it, last last thing which came out today was the captains, and that was Ricky Aguayo, James Blackman, and Marvin Wilson. Any surprises there? No, I just heard, by the way, at the from the Willie Taggart call-in show, James Blackman was unanimously voted offensive captain. So I think that's just, again, another – Another piece of evidence showing that this is James Blackman's team, and it has been for quite some time. Um, and I think Big Marv is expected to be the staple in that defense this year, and he has shown to be a leader. He went, he was taken to the ACC Media Days with Coach Taggart, yep. uh, and I just think he, he's poised to have a really, really big year. All right, we're going to go rapid fire here. Austin, Brett, Olivia, and Gary, we're going to throw it around. Florida State bringing back the white numbers, good or bad? Great. More than great. I'm in. For all of our sake and Tarif knockouts, great. <laughs> okay. I think that's a unanimous. Everyone's excited about that. Florida State was good when they had the white numbers, so let's bring it back. Can I suggest another change now is just going back all the way to the original, the ones at least from 2013. Keep the new logo. Yeah. I, yeah, keep, keep the new logo, Well, man, you have to. I, <laughs> no. Retros. All, uh, every game, all day. <laughs> I don't think this, the Seminole Tribe will like that. Uh, okay, fine. But... Fair enough. Sam Howell, former Florida State commit, starting as a true freshman at UNC. What does that mean for Florida State fans? Are you going to be? Yeah. Um, it's kind of bittersweet because I'm not sure how tough the quarterback competition was at, at UNC. But, I mean, if he was good enough to win out there, then it, it really does sting that we weren't able to keep him on the roster. Brett? It means absolutely nothing. Mac Brown is way past his prime, and Sam Howell is going to do nothing. Ooh, uh, well, Gary, let's 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 throw it out there. Well, I, I mean, it makes sense. UNC isn't a great program, and so they kind. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a good quarterback. Not, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. He's a good quarterback, and I think he's the best they got right now. Okay, but kind of sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just could have been Mac. Well, we'll see how Mac Brown has. And how his aging. Well, kind let, of let's get a let's get a, another former Florida State quarterback who actually didn't go last chance to. He did go JUCO, and that is Bailey Hockman. Ended up transferring to NC State. Bailey Hockman not starting at NC State. Does that make you feel any better, Brett? Again, don't don't care. He's <laughs> not that good, and NC State isn't that good either. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I don't care. Okay. Let's let's move on. We're gonna go to the Florida game. Florida, Miami, reactions to that, and quickly, Urban Meyer wearing a Florida polo at the game. What, what was that about, Gary? Guy's got such a big heart. He loves his team <laughs> so much. I mean, he loves his Florida Gators. It wouldn't even surprise me that he comes back, maybe. Who knows? Or would it be an for analyst? USC? An offensive analyst? Maybe. Him and Tebow back, imagine that. Oh, my gosh. It uh, makes my heart warm. You know, good angel and Satan, one on the other shoulder. <laughs> Whoa. Brett? I didn't say yeah, that. It, it was weird. It wasn't weird to see him in attendance at that game. It was weird seeing him in the blue and orange, especially since he's still employed by Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He's teaching a class there. and He's employed it's to some extent. So that was weird to see him 
in those Gator colors. Gary, or uh, Brett, what did you think of the actual game itself? Oh, it was terrible. I mean, <laughs> but that's what happens when you play college football in August We got negative Nancy over here, Brett. <laughs> that's what happens when you play a week zero game in the Orlando humidity and heat. It was a sloppy, sloppy game. But that's kind of what everyone should have expected. Can Can Florida State take anything from this Austin in that their rivals struggled? I really don't think so because as comedic as that was as that game was to watch, like especially the later part with all the defensive pass interference and the god awful tackling, I really it's it's like what Brett said. It's a week zero game in the middle of Florida, all that humidity. Players are still getting adjusted, so I think by the time that FSU plays those teams, they won't be as rusty, as ugly. Those games are going to be a lot harder to win. I'm going to get on my soapbox. You know who wasn't rusty? Tommy Townsend, punter for Florida. Uh. My <laughs> former classmate. He I, he was the player of the game. Come on. He was. He, he, he had was. pun, in, he played pun really inside well. at the 10-yard, pun at the 3-yard line, muffed punt, and a fake punt to start the game. What a way to end his – well, almost – it's not ending his, his college career, but it's his last first game in his hometown. I, I just got to give a shout-out to my man, Tommy. That was uh, – you know that that you know that that made me feel. You know if, that made me feel. If I saw him running around and doing what Felipe Franks was doing, I would have been like, "This makes sense." But seeing Felipe <laughs> Franks running around and do what he did at the end of the game, yeah. I was like, "Okay, man, you it's you can't this, even, shouldn't, this shouldn't have been that close." Let, let's be <laughs> honest, Felipe Franks can't even beat Luke Fay in ping pong. That we, is all true. Know, we all know we all know that true. that I did beat Felipe uh, Franks in a game of ping pong. He did wait, take that was the only game you guys played. He he did take the series. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh, uh, now the truth comes out. I, I'll <laughs> say this. I'll say this. He did say that I was the greatest ping pong player that he had ever played. And, and you know, what I'm representing today wearing my high school ping pong club T-shirt. Oh you know, two-time champion in the back, oh president goodness. of the ping pong club. Yeah, yeah, something was up. It yeah, was all set up. This <laughs> feels like, this feels like a, a bad call to action, doesn't it, guys? Like, just, you uh, know. This is like bad this. radio, but you are wearing an ugly, ugly T-shirt right now. <laughs> it was homemade. Come on, guys. Like, don't, don't throw a hate around here. And, you know, come on. All right. We're going to move on to the last Florida State thing, which you know we've almost glossed over. Is the national champions just finished uh, finished up two games this week, Brett? How are they looking? Well, you cover both. Of I, them. I've been I've been extremely negative this whole hour. I am extremely positive on the way this Florida State this Florida State team has played. For which Florida State team? The national, national champions, champions women's <laughs> soccer team. Yeah, Dana Castellanos looked great. Clara Robbins, Heather Payne, uh, Gabby Carl. Caroline Jeffers. Malia Berkeley. Malia Berkeley, she is amazing. Uh, and, and they were on a whole different level from TCU. Wisconsin gave them a real tough time and a really hot game on Sunday afternoon, but they got the job done in overtime. An amazing goal from Malia Berkeley, and they looked like they picked up right where they left off. They're, they're headed to a, a pretty big road trip. You said oh, they're West. playing USC and mm-hmm. UCLA. Do you think that they can win them both, or is, is a split is a split a win at this point? Uh, They're the number you got to mention. They are the number one team yeah. in the nation. No, a split on the road, I think, would be would be good. But they're definitely capable of winning both, and probably winning both easily. They're still, in my opinion, the best team in the country. Awesome. What are your thoughts on this team that, that had such high expectations with all the great players coming back, especially Dana Cassianos, who surprised many coming back for her senior year. I I've listened to her talk personally, saying that she you know the money didn't really matter that much she wanted to get an education and finish up her degree what does it mean for this Florida State team knowing that they have that leadership and you know a couple young bucks coming in it's really encouraging like what you said about Dana Castellanos I should say young does the young does I I like that Mm -hmm. 
it, it's really encouraging. Like, they're off to a great start so far. Uh, those screamers from Dana Castellanos in the first game and then Malia Berkeley in the second, those were incredible to watch. So it's it's very it's very encouraging. I've said that a million times, but just the, the leadership is staying. All the pieces seem in place to have another successful season. Gary, you got to see the first game of the season. It was a little bit of a, a wet show out there. That was the actual... Um, release of the ACC network mm-hmm. I believe was that first game well they op- ACC game. O- they opened up with their normal studio show but they did a live look and I believe in the second half I wasn't watching because I was at the game but I think it's so important but they the second game on when or Sunday was on uh, the first live event on the ACC okay, network. Okay, okay. so yeah it was it's amazing for the sport it's amazing that they actually got put on that stage as the first for this network and I think it is really cool what did you think of the actual game when you were covering it? And you wrote a story for the FSU, and, and along with that, mm-hmm. it looked like Florida State controlled most of the game. And, and, and against a team, TCU, that wasn't wasn't a terrible opponent. They went to the second round. Yeah, TCU was a formidable opponent, but uh, at the end of the day, it just wasn't enough to get over the national ti- the national the reigning national champions. And they can, I believe the pers- the possession percentages was sixty one Florida State, thirty nine TCU. So it was, it's pretty stark, and especially how they control the ball in the attacking zone for the majority of the time. TCU just couldn't really keep up. They, I think they only had two free kicks the whole game. They just, they just kind of felt like they were defeated, honestly, early on. Okay, we're rounding it out. Final minute here, guys. I'm going to give you a chance to change our viewers' opinions on why, what, what game to watch. Everyone wants to watch the Florida State game against Boise State. That's going to be a pretty big game. But what game are you guys looking forward to playing this weekend? Austin? Oregon and Auburn is a really nice matchup. I mean, obviously, it's, I, I believe, the only matchup between two ranked opponents that night. So that's the most compelling for me, seeing Justin Herbert get out there. What, what do you think about him coming back this year? It does it Does it help his draft stock? I mean, it's really too soon to say. Like, if he's able to replicate what he's done in years past, then obviously, yes. But, I mean, anything can happen. Yeah, Oregon and Auburn's the marquee game, but the one I'm keeping an eye on is Wisconsin at USF. It's a really tough, true road game for the Badgers, and I think they'll probably be able to scrape out a win, but it could be really, really close down in Tampa. Really? The, I, I saw that they're still they're still trying to sell some more tickets over there. USF. That's going to be a problem they have for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they'll ever get an on-campus stadium? Eventually, eventually. Okay. And Gary, finally, what what is your game to watch, guys? Got to sit at the TV, kick back, you know, have a couple of. Uh, you're gonna have to have a couple co- cups of. No, you're gonna have you're gonna have to have a couple cup, cups of coffee for this okay. one. Late night, ten fifteen. Are we getting Maction? No, not Maction. Oh, Ma- okay. No, Maction's reserved for middle of the week when we get a bit later into the year. But this one, we got you. Yes, yeah, there we go. We got Utah against BYU. There's been, I feel like I've heard a lot, too many people say that Utah is their sleeper for them to actually be a sleeper now. So I don't, I want to see what this Utah team can really bring to the table. You think Utah's on the upset alert? Maybe. Maybe. BYU's at Wisconsin last year. It's at BYU. And yeah, so I mean. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll see where it is. We are done with the show now. It was the maiden voyage for me, my first show hosting Mm -hmm. officially. So it was a great time having you guys around. Gianna on Twitter, Luke on Twitter as well. Luke Hazen, that's Gary Putnick to my left, my co-host. Austin Reynolds to my right, Brett Rutherford, and, of course, Olivia Rhodes rounding out the panel. We had a great time sitting around with you guys. You're listening to WVFS Tallahassee, the voice of Florida State. New release is up next.